Welcome back to another episode of Screen Run. I am your host, the Lady One, and I'm here with Chris Galzo. Hey, <laughs> this is gonna happen so much. Screen Run is the show where Chris and I discuss the works of one artist each season, and this season is all about the films of Kevin Smith. Episode 12 is the second film in the True North trilogy, Yoga Hosers. I'm talking about your entire generation. Generation, why me, I call it. You live on your phones. You have no idea how to function like normal people in the real world. Miss Wickland, this isn't the real world. This is Canada. It's Lulu and Lemon. Condescending riot girls. Colleen Coalition. I would like to invite you both to my party. A senior party? A senior party? Senior boys only invite sophomore girls to parties for one thing. God knows what else, eh? All you need to handle any situation in life are the warrior one and warrior two positions, girls. Master those, and you will master anyone who gives you shit. Ew, why did your dad text me like 37 times? Oh my god, he's making us work tonight! Oh my god! You all think history is so boring. Well, what if I told you during World War II there were Nazis right here in Winnipeg under the self-proclaimed Canadian Führer? So, like, Canadian Hitler. Nine, 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 nine! So much nine, it's almost ten! <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> Just the sigh, the audible sigh. Boo-da-ba! <laughs> okay, let me just speak factually briefly. Sure. Yoga Hosers was released in 2016 and stars Kevin Smith's daughter, Harley Quinn Smith, and her best friend, Johnny Depp's daughter, Lily Rose Depp. It also features Johnny Depp, Justin Long, Adam Brody, Tony Hale, and Natasha Leone. And this is the second, as I mentioned, in Smith's True North trilogy, which you should know by how many times they say True North in this movie. It's helpful. Like Tusk. <laughs> like Tusk, the first in the trilogy, it was inspired by an episode of Smith and Scott Mosher's Smodcast. Welcome to the Smodcast. I'm Kevin Smith. Scott Bozier. Hey, Scott. So, uh, from Edmonton, good old Yeg. Team of police officers working Open up, with- yoga hoser. <laughs> <laughs> yoga hoser. Genius. Do you guys want some twig tea? <laughs> you look like you could use some. You look like a poutine eater. <laughs> I do enjoy a good poutine no, Yeah, no. who doesn't? Hey, hey, it's hey. Canadian. Don't engage with this goddamn yoga <laughs> <laughs> Don't go down the road with them. <laughs> we got a database of yoga hosers. <laughs> You're the termites of Canada. Goddamn you. No, and away at the foundation <laughs> of this great country. With your smoky incense (laughs) and your patchouli. (laughs) It smells like a Chinese brothel in here. (laughs) It's really hard out here for a yoga hoser, man. (laughs) 
<laughs> I want to start a podcast. <laughs> That's modcast for this week, man. I'm Kevin Smith. Scott Mosier. I'm a week. So maybe yeah. the main issue is I don't smoke enough pot or any pot. <laughs> Have you ever spent five million dollars on some random comment your friend said? Because <laughs> Kevin Smith has. <laughs> it's not even just that. I think it's also Smith chasing down a dream of his to make a movie with his family, to get his girl, yeah. his daughter, on the big screen. Which I can't fault that. I can't. Well, I, I probably can, but I can't really. You know, I his intentions. I think are are the are the right thing, right? You want to take care of your kids. You want to give them opportunities and let them pursue their dreams. And if you have the ability to do so, I guess you do that. Yeah. With wanton disregard for the audience member. Yeah, yeah. I I really take it as he made the choice that it was more important that his daughter be in a movie than that he make a good movie. <laughs> I have no other, like, and there's nothing else I can deduce from this. And that is his right as a filmmaker who constantly gets money to make movies despite things that I like less and less over time. Yeah, so this was the one film that neither of us had seen, right? So. Yeah, so I've seen everything Smith has done except for this. Yeah. And Ugh. self-indulgent, sure. <laughs> but it's misguided, I think, as well. And in the end, I think it really, outside of that initial thing we talked about in regards to, you know, getting his kid on the screen, is yeah. I don't see how in any capacity it justifies its existence, which is no. probably the most kind of, it's just sad. <laughs> It's got yeah. some, do I want to say fun moments? The issue really is the film's too broad. It's, it, it's go ahead. bananas. It's yeah, bananas. Not like, in, not like in a fun Gwen Stefani, B-A-N-A-N-A-S <laughs> no. bananas way. No, it's, it's, I couldn't even find joy in the stupidity of a lot of it. I was, I was like, Ugh. I was beat over the head with our little like cut-ins to fake Instagram about who all these people are while they play Oh Canada like in like an 8-bit kind of sound which doesn't if it, is it Instagram or is it 8-bit those are two different things and like though like no your vibe doesn't even check out well I think that's one of the most frustrating things about this film for me is that it's a mashup I don't even want to say homage of other better movies right Ooh. there so that's directly pulled from I think from Scott Pilgrim. All right. They did the introduction of the characters with the eight bit scores for yeah. each one. Yeah. And totally. there's riffs on classic horror themes throughout this thing. So yeah. I heard the Halloween theme. Mm -hmm. I heard Shining. Mm -hmm. Right. There's an homage to the film Gremlins at one point. Uh there's just, the film is just filled with this stuff. So I mean, I, it's just, it's not good at all. No. <laughs> and he's doing two different things. He's, he's putting his daughter on the screen, but at the same time, he's taking a whack at his critics, right? I mean, the whole yeah. existence of the Bratzies, which for a moment I found funny and enjoyable. You have these little Nazis made out of bratwurst, which doesn't <laughs> really make a lot of sense. But... Oh. Still, it's... Boondock! 
but their mission is to kill critics, right? <laughs> Which yeah. is just, could we be a little more obvious that you're taking yeah. a swing at, you know, the people who have been a little hard on you for the past few years? Yeah. But now I'm starting to wonder. Listen, I read some of the reviews for this film. Mm. And I think some of them are, are overly cruel. It's not a good film, but I think there's some people that treat Smith as a punching bag at this point. Yes. So, and I just don't know how fair that is. But one of the big issues I had too is that basically nothing happens in this film for the first 40 minutes. It's just yeah. some jokes about Canada. And then there's some sledgehammer exposition, right? And then yeah. boom, we got Bratzies. It's, I was so confused. I was watching it and I didn't, once again, I did not watch the trailer before I watched it. I was like, let's just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And like you said, nothing happens for the first 45 minutes. So half an hour into it, I was like, uh, what is this? What's the point? Like, is yeah. this, because it is PG-13. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, they're 15 in it as like their characters. The, like, I'm watching the first 45 minutes going, I'm too old to be watching this. This is not for me. Like, this is like very kiddish. Like, and then, <laughs> like, and then there's Bratzies. Right. <laughs> like, that's not for kids. I don't know what's happening. It's so bizarre. He did say, too, in an interview that he was making a kid's movie, basically, for screwed-up kids like him at that age. But he made this for kind of odd, young 14-year-old girls was his goal for making it, which is, I don't even know if he hits that bar. I don't, because it's the stuff that he talks about and what he presents to us doesn't really work. And then you have, you know, you, you, you have Ralph Garman doing these just impressions that are i'm not quite sure you know what 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 to think about them there a couple of them i think are okay yeah but most of them are not good right you have in an effort to make our future communications less spooky and more friendly i will now be speaking only in the voice of American movie star Al Pacino. (laughs) I bet all you need are the dulcet tones of one of Hollywood's greatest living actors. So I... That's that's a mediocre Pacino. Yeah, that's the the main Nazi bad guy, too. Yeah. Stallone, I think, is a little better. Schwarzenegger. Yes. uh, Honestly, the Stallone's pretty good. Yeah, but it's still it's a Nick again, Kroll, but it's pretty good. Phil, it's just too broad. He's trying to kind of do too. He throws everything at the wall, and unfortunately, like none of it sticks. Jason Mew shows up for a minute to do a, a quick little gag with, of course, mm-hmm. you know, screen run favorite Guy Lapointe, but uh, <laughs> that doesn't really go anywhere. Nor does it elicit any laughs. There's a no bad gag with Gila points like birthmarks that move all over his face in different positions uh-huh. it's just I <laughs> I feel like I'm an apologist a lot for Smith but I I, I, I I have nothing I don't know what I can really say about this one uh yeah I mean I'm Let's... watching this thing one it's mostly because of all the references and stuff to other yeah. films yeah. I, it's like I'm living the 
once upon a time Leo meme where I just keep pointing at stuff because oh, yeah. I know what that is. Oh, I know what that is. <laughs> but at no point is it really like that engaging a narrative or that interesting or fun or scary or a uh, film. No. S- set me no. wrong. Set me straight. Well, well, let me let me let me provide some more facts. Okay. Because I also And then I'll reveal how I feel movie. about the movie. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So Yoga Hosers is 23% Eight. rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. It has an audience score of 35%. Sorry. These are still facts. Uh <laughs> I'm going to read the critics consensus because it is mean and uh I like it. Undisciplined, unfunny, and bereft of evident purpose, Yoga Hosers represents a particularly grating low in Kevin Smith's once promising career. Can I like co-sign that <laughs> consensus? Do you believe in the theory that sometimes a certain artists just have a finite amount of work in them? Yes. That's good. And then they just, once they run out, then that's it. Yes. If I didn't believe that before we started this series, I would believe it now. <laughs> I watch all these videos with him, these new yeah. stuff, and he's still the yeah. same guy. He's still, you know, the same kind of big, rambunctious, kind of fun-loving, self-deprecating guy that I fell in love with all those years ago. I just, I'm not sure. I just don't know what he's doing here. I guess if I were to tell you that they made this movie based on an offhanded comment that he just wheezed about for 20 minutes, you'd be like, well, yeah, I could see that. Like, at least this fits the source material. Mm-hmm. That's that's me trying to be nice here, is like, he did take an offhanded comment and make it into a whole movie. It didn't need to be, and I don't feel good about having watched it, but a lot of people worked, and that's good for the economy that that <laughs> happened, that so many people worked on this movie. And that it was nice to see Adam Brody and it was completed that <laughs> like, I'm trying so hard to say nice things about it. It's just nothing happens like and then a bunch of stupid shit happens. And that's mm-hmm. the frustrating part is because at least like I didn't la- I did not enjoy watching Tusk because I don't like the general premise of what I'm watching. But yeah. at least it was there was a narrative structure that paid off that did something and had good performances in it. This is the opposite of that. Yeah, no, you're entirely right. There's some fun issues, like not fun issues, fun things like it's got a pretty good. Tony Hale is in this. Natasha Leone, <laughs> who I love, was in this pop shop, and I was like, oh, it's yeah. Natasha again. It's I'm Leo in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm pointing. Yeah. Hey, it's Natasha. Hey, it's yeah, Tony yeah, Hale. Yeah. Hey, it's Shashir Zamata. You know, it's all these people that I enjoy their work, but yeah. just everybody seems to kind of just blindly be wandering around and bumping into all of a sudden they find themselves in a scene in this movie, mm-hmm. deliver some lines, and then they kind of disappear after that. And it's just, it's just frustrating. Yeah. It's, and, and unfortunately, not exceptionally funny. Um, Do you think that this movie is intended to be like, Shout out to Canada. You guys are really cool and kind of weird in a cool way. Or is this movie like, fuck you, Canada. You're weird and we're going to make fun of you the whole time. Because I literally can't tell. How does he feel about Canada? I think it's a gentle ribbing of his old buddy Canada. 
It's so odd. You know, guys, the whole thing where guys kind of just riff on each other and rip each other apart because they really love each other. That's how I yeah. do that. I don't think there's anything overtly offensive about Kana in this film. No, but it, it is just sort of like, it feels like the kind of Canadian jokes that people would make if they didn't know anything about Canada. Like, it's very low-hanging fruit. Yeah. It's like over-exaggerated accents that like people literally don't talk like that. Oh, God, yes. Um, <laughs> just how, how, how hard they hammer the boot. Yeah. It's it's intense. But I just, I really couldn't tell because at one point, Colleen says, I don't want to die in Canada. But then it ends with them singing, oh, Canada. And I'm like, do these girls love living in Canada or do they hate living in Canada? Because right. like, pick a side. <laughs> like, it, and I, I don't think that if they were to hate living in Canada, that that would mean this movie is like, shitting on Canada because they're 15 year old girls. They hate everything. Like right. I was one of them. Like we're the worst. Um, <laughs> so I wouldn't take that as like a decision one way or the other, except for he doesn't even have the character decide. Like, eh. it's, it's so odd. And, and again, does nothing for so long that by the time anything happens, I'm irritated. Mm hmm. I guess I should actually describe what happens in the movie. <laughs> sure. I mean, kind of. So this is, I feel like this is the best, the best I can do. Because I really tried to like write this up as like what actually happens. I so the movie, you. Good for you. I mean, I really tried. I, you know, I put in a moderate amount of effort. The movie is about our titular yoga hosers, the Colleen's, who work at a convenience store that happens to be above a Nazi bunker. They <laughs> accidentally wake up a Nazi and the Bratzies because they're made of sausage and sauerkraut and have Kevin Smith's face, and then they have to fight them off. They also have to deal with Satanist seniors who want to dismember them. And uh, Colleen's get arrested when the Bratsies kill the Satanists. Gila Point is back. Jennifer's they body. fight them off. I think I'm just going to throw in movies that he's riffing on every time yeah, you bring up a particular thing. It, it's what? Why are the senior guys, which how much Degrassi does Kevin Smith claim to have watched that he would use the term seniors and sophomores? That's not how people in Canada talk. That's never been said in Degrassi. They're grade 12 and they're grade 10. They're not seniors and sophomores. So. I did not know that. It, that's just not how they say it. That's, yeah. They don't, they don't use those words. Those are American terms for school. And uh, you should have watched enough to know about that. Eh? <laughs> but like, why were those guys Satanists? Why couldn't they have just been like creepy grade 12 guys who were trying to take advantage of the naive grade 10s? Why do so, they have to be like, I want to dismember you and sacrifice you to the dark lord of Satan? <laughs> Why? Because he's making it an occult horror comedy, but maybe There's he needs two, to come up with a way. <laughs> maybe he's trying to come up with a way to ha to justify the killing of the two of them by the Bratzies in a PG-13 kid female-led horror film. I, have no I idea. guess so, but I feel like... That way you don't feel so bad for him. I feel like it's better if they are just like really date rapey. 
<laughs> I gotta, like... I gotta clip that and use that in some capacity. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh. I just, I feel like that is the ultimate motivation for a terrible death, and not like you know being too into their religion. Mm-hmm. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I felt like I find one to be more offensive than the other, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he was like, let's double down and make them date rapey and Satanist. And then that way it's fine when they go. die by a Bratsy leaping into their ass. Does it just, is that so. how? Yeah. I'm, Cause the uh, spiked helmet, I think is how yeah. it works. Yeah. I just don't know how the Bratsies have that much like agility to leap flat footed from the ground and just, just penetrate like that. Especially since they're easily dispatched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't uh I have some questions about the feasibility of Bratsy. <laughs> yeah, let's let's not focus too much on the physics of yoga hosers. <laughs> it's terrible. What a strange, strange idea. And I think we can put to bed, I think we talked about it last week. That is not the same Ashley Green. Because she's again a customer in this film. Uh, with the Colleen's, and that is not Ashley Green. That is we, it? Uh, no. I still don't know. Like, I have a problem. I don't have face blindness, but there are certain people in Hollywood who I can never remember what they look like, and she's one of them, and then the guy who's in Avatar is the other one. I don't know their faces, but I, I know who they are. Does Sam Worthington? Sense? Yeah, that guy. He has no face to me. Like, none. Like I got He's got Jake Courtney's you. disease, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so accurate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know what Ashley Green looks like. I don't know who that is. I mean, well, I do conceptually, but. A dear friend of mine was a huge fan of her uh, years ago. So oh, we heard about so her quite often. Her. So that's why I, I kind of know mm-hmm. what she looks like. Well, she was in the latest uh, round, I think, of Hallmark Christmas movies. So uh, since I watch all of those every year, I was able to mm. spot her again. Oh, good for her, right? Sure. <laughs> Do you know how this movie came out? Because I can't figure it out. Like its release? Yes. Well, Because I know it, was... it premiered at Sundance. <laughs> I believe it was a VOD thing, basically. Okay, because there are there is no U.S. box office data, but there is like overseas information. Like it grossed twenty grand in Russia, seven grand in the Ukraine, and eighty five hundred bucks in the United Arab Emirates. Yeah, I don't know. I like, I know the story of it is what some guy had stolen some art, and he was a yoga instructor. So the Mounties showed up outside his studio. Yeah, and that's where the whole a yoga hoser thing came yeah. from right that's that's the riff and then we have to hear people say goddamn yoga hosers how many times i stopped counting quite a lot quite a lot more more times than they say true north and they say true north a lot you're telling me then you're really excited for moose jaws is that what you keep drawing <laughs> true i mean i'm curious i will say that I'm it can't Jaws be curious. worse. It can't be worse. Whenever he makes it, there's no way that it could be worse. Mm-hmm. Clip me on that. <laughs> I hope you're right. 
I hope you're right. I, I, I find it absolutely impossible for Moose Jaws to be worse than this because conceptually it's already better. And all I know about it is the IMDb description with it, which is like Jaws, but with a moose. <laughs> already, I, it sounds better. I got to admit, I, it would, might be interesting if, if he really sticks to the Jaws plot line too about the sleep. It's a sleepy, you know, Canadian town. Yeah. Maybe outside of Montreal that has this moose that's going around attacking people. The mayor won't <laughs> close the town, though, because it's a big tourism season. Yeah. Who knows? That could be, uh, yeah. And it I guess both of them better. are supposed to return, right? Both Colleen's. Yeah. I guess so. That's that's the idea, is that they will return in Moose Jaws. It's in the credits, and... Uh, it's like James Bond at the end there, yeah. I, I think, I mean, Kevin Smith is at least going to make his kid do it. I don't think she has a choice. At all, I'll I will say too that Garmin's Adam West was probably the strongest of all the all the uh, imitations that he did. You know, you're right. That was definitely the best. That and then I re- I did like his Stallone. I'm not gonna lie. And before the Nazi no goodniks took over my life, I was an artist, you know, and my art was sculpting, you know. I chip away at the marble until it's beautiful to me, you know. But I love being an artist. Except for one thing. I'm talking about the goddamn critics, you know? They told me I had no talent. They told me I stink on ice. It's so negative and hurtful. They cut me, Mick. They drove me away from doing the thing I really love to do, you know? Being who I am. That's when I found Adrian Arcan and the Canadian Nazis and, you know, Hitler. Aww. Right? So let me get into our view askew connections here. So we are back to a new universe that he's working on, the True North trilogy. So the Colleen's, Harley Quinn Smith and Lily Rose Depp are the same characters that they are in Tusk. As is Gila Point by Johnny Depp. He is back again, same character. Returning players from earlier movies, we have... Once again, Jennifer Schwalbach Smith, Justin Long, Genesis Rodriguez, Haley Joel Osment, and whoever that Ashley Green is in Tusk. Uh, <laughs> those people are all back from Tusk. Uh, Jason Muse, again, uh, like a random scene that is a waste of Jay. And then uh, Kevin Smith as the Brassies, and Stan Lee in mm. a cameo as the dispatcher. I feel like kids these days think that stan lee's all cameo all the time right and kevin smith did start that that might be his greatest contribution to filmmaking (laughs) it's like the the like impetus behind stan lee cameoing in every mcu movie that is strong if you if you had to choose something yeah i mean there's either but i guess maybe that really belongs to jay but still yeah yeah. The uh, yeah, in- in- inclusion of Stan Lee and your occasional yes. uh, cameo. Yeah, yeah. We have Kevin Smith to thank for that. Also, Colleen says, I'm not even supposed to be here today. And she says I'm it in a way. I'm not even supposed to be here today! There you go. That was for you. Thank you. I, when she said it, I was like, somebody had to. Mm-hmm. But, I was so disappointed with like the choice for how that gets worked into it. 
Like as soon as they get called in to work, which another reference by being texted by Colleen's dad 37 times, very specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't I even like, catch oh. that. Yeah. <laughs> like, why did your dad text me 37 times? I was like, 37? Like, why isn't that the response? Like, come on. Why doesn't she respond back? Like, the way it was in the regular court. Like, oh, it's so frustrating to me. And then, yeah, her screaming it like that is like, oh, I wanted it to be so much better. Yeah, I mean, that's that and Jay and a couple other kind of the nods to the fans, but they're, I don't know. I almost feel insulted by it, really. <laughs> it hurts your feelings, it right? It does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do have to say, the only, like, other than the notes, like, when I was getting ready to to talk about this, other than, like, my usual notes of, like, our connections and our ratings, which, which we'll get into in the background of the movie, the only like offhanded note I had was to describe the one guy from their school where I wrote him up as if Justin Bieber and Jason Mewes had a baby, uh, it would look like that that Satanist guy. Like, <laughs> like he looked like the two of them mushed together. You know who that guy is? No, I don't know who he is. He... I- this is how small world it is. He played Tex Avery in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What? Oh. Oh. Good for him. There you go. <laughs> I'm really happy for him. That's much better than this. <laughs> <laughs> Should we get into our ratings? Do we have anything else to cover? <sighs> <laughs> You're so defeated. It's okay. It's yeah, okay. no, I, we, I don't. Feeling. I don't think I have anything else. I, I'm gonna run a little bit with the uh, categories here. So, okay, ahead. I'll start off with mine for favorite performance. So after our last episode, I was like all about Gil Point. Like I wanted a spinoff series. I wanted the the trials of you know his adventures. I was all about it. And he lost his charm for me in this one. Apparently he's only good in small doses. So (laughs) my favorite performance is Tony Hale. (laughs) He's just lovely all the time and he can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. I love Tony Hale and I thought he was just a breath of fresh in this. (laughs) You know what? I actually had him as well. I kept going back between him and Haley Joel Osment as the, uh, you know, the classic, uh, Nazi guy who sits the yeah. whole plan in motion at one point. Yeah. But in the end, yeah, Hale's the most kind of traditional character in this film that seems to make sense and works. Yeah. And particularly uh, his being with Natasha Leone's character as well, Tabitha. Mm-hmm. And then there's the whole kind of Bill and Ted thing now where I guess he promoted her to manager at the store. And so she ended up. I guess falling in love with him is what the gag is in the film. Yeah, yeah. But she's very funny in this as well. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think I I, I went with Tony Hale as well. Yeah, I just I thought he was so great. Uh, if, okay, favorite reference. You kind of talked about how there there's like a lot of stuff happening, but mm-hmm. like none of them come close to the 
cleverness of past references that we've seen in Kevin Smith films. So what do you, what did you like? <laughs> like favorite reference. I feel like for this particular movie, I could call this the reference you liked. I don't know if I have one. So I felt like <laughs> I was forced to go with the I'm not even supposed to be here today. I don't. Ooh. There was really nothing that was a callback to the other films. I missed the 37 thing, so I'm very disappointed in myself with that. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just, I don't, I didn't have a favorite one. I guess the one I just, I most begrudgingly acknowledge would be the, yeah. I'm not even supposed to be here today, Rip. Yeah. It kind of hurts though. Yes. Yeah. Um. So... <laughs> I struggled with this too because I was like, there's a lot going on here and I don't like any of it. Um, so my weird roundabout choice for this, or sorry, my weird roundabout choice for this is uh, Ralph Garman's impression of Adam West, which you said was his best one it is. And I just like that two 15-year-old girls would absolutely not know what he's doing. And they mm. would be like, that's not what Batman sounds like, like at all. So... I, I gave it credit for the accuracy of that moment. Uh, That's the Batman. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, okay, that one, because I wasn't expecting Adam West when he said he was going to do Batman. I was expecting, you know, like all of the, the ones that came after where they all do the same gravelly thing. And yeah. so when he did that, I was like, oh, that was actually good. And then them having no idea, it was like accurate. They would not know. Do you want to try doing someone we might recognize? Hmm. Uh, do you know the actor who played the Batman? I can do him too. <laughs> you see, girls, each night, as I slaved away over my masterpiece, one dream fueled me. Uh, that does not sound like Batman. Yeah, Batman sounds like, where's the trigger? Uh, where's the trigger? Uh, where's the trigger? Well, if if it's a non-view askew canonical reference, then uh, that may be it for me. Or I would go with the use of Wendy Carlos's Shining score at one point, which is my one of my all-time favorite. I know there's a dusting of Halloween there, I think, when mm -hmm. the teacher's telling the story about the Nazis there in Canada. But yeah. if I can be broad, it would be Wendy yeah. Carlos's Shining score. One oh, of my wow. favorites. I listen to this day. You can be broad. Thank you. Okay. Do you have a favorite line from this movie? I go back and forth. So I want you to help me decide. All right. I'm going to pull okay. you two and then we'll see. I'm leaning towards uh, this one, actually. Come on, Robin. Let's get out of here. And if you know what that's a reference to is the guy at the convenience store. He asked for the cigarettes and she gives him the wrong one. He goes, it's not very Canadian of you. And then he says, come on, Robin, let's get out of here. That's Kevin Conroy, who is the voice of Batman from the Batman the Animated Series. Oh. Hence that gag. Or we go with Guy. Haters have got to hate like the douches have to douche. See, now, <laughs> my favorite haters line is actually from the interview with Franco. who says, haters going to hate and ainters going to ain't, which is something mm. I'll say to this day. <laughs> but I guess I'm leaning towards the Kevin Conroy... Let's go Robin thing. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite 
is embarrassing because it's pretty dumb, but it actually made me like make a noise that resembled laughter out loud. And it was the only time that that happened. So it was when the grade 12 boy said, do you believe in Satan? And Colleen said, I used to believe in Santa. Does that count? Because <laughs> she's 15. Like, I don't know. I thought that was funny. And there's one scene in the beginning with the uh, Satan kid where he pushes his buddy against the fence or the wall or something because he gets all upset. And then he said, and he apologizes right afterwards that he did it like immediately. <laughs> all right. You know, that's pretty. Nice. That's, that works. Okay. We have to rate this movie on our movie scale, our golden movies. We have to do this. I have it right now to one and a half. Okay. I don't know if do, I do. Have... You need to be talked up or down. Do you need something from me? <laughs> no, no. I, I feel the problem is I don't know where that half is coming from. <laughs> I don't know if it's because it's fairly innocuous, and I, I think the most interesting thing about it is one of the producers' names is Liz Destro. Now I'm not sure mm -hmm. if she's a Scottish arms dealer or not. <laughs> That's a GI Joe reference. If, if you're not familiar, uh, but still. I mean, there's some interesting things in here that just everything is very poorly executed. So yes. I like the idea of the Bratzies. I like the idea of the Nazi hideout underneath the convenience store. Right? I mm -hmm. like a lot of these ideas. Yeah. It's just a mess. A hot mess. I, I Honestly, I am even on board with the idea of giving us like teenage female apathetic clerks. Sure. Sure. Like, and in Canada, so that like, no matter what they do, it's like still not as like terrible as anything we'd do in America because that's just Canada. They are considerate. Uh, but like it, like, it gives you, if you make them teenage girls who are clerks, it gives you the opportunity where it can be a PG-13 movie or series of movies if people actually liked this. And like, it would be fine. But like, like, Truly, truly, like Dante and Randall did not have to murder sausages that were Nazis. They just had to deal with their lives. Mm. <laughs> so why the hell is this like where he wants to go with stuff? I, like why? It just it makes me so frustrated. Yeah, I, I have nothing for you. I don't know. Yeah. So what do you got? Um, I have to give this a one because I think that's the lowest I can I can go. I don't think we're doing zeros. Uh. <laughs> we are doing halves. You could go half of a golden movie, I guess. All right, really I'll give it a to. half. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it a half then Oof. because cause I hate it. It's not a movie. It's one of the worst things I've watched in years and I've been watching some really terrible stuff lately. Um, And it, I could not bring myself to give a shit. Like, it was, uh, it was really, really, really bad. I would never tell anybody to watch this movie. Yeah, I, yeah. If I was like reviewing somebody's over, <laughs> somebody, Smith's over with somebody, I think I would be like, yeah, you could, I know it's a spinoff basically of, of Tusk, but yeah, it doesn't really add anything to it at all. So, no. I'd we'll see what like, happens with Moose Jaws. Maybe Moose Jaws reclaims the whole thing. Is this the Ocean's 12 of the uh, True North trilogy? Who knows? Hey, 
I like Ocean's 12. <laughs> I also like the second Pacific Rim, so maybe we shouldn't really listen Ooh. to it. I, I really liked it, though. <laughs> wow. I liked it better than the first one. What? I know. I'm the only person. I think it, I think that's true. I think you are. I, I've never met anybody who's like, yeah, you know, it wasn't that bad. Like, everyone is horrified. Can you explain to me why in that film everything is so bright and clean and shiny all the time? No, I got nothing for you. I, I just like watching monuments get destroyed. And if I've been there, I enjoy it even more. And like, there's a whole scene in uh, Circular Key in Sydney. And I was just like, I know where everything is there. So I really love watching it get destroyed for 20 minutes. That's it. Okay. <laughs> I feel like we could spend 20 minutes on this alone. I just fucking love uh, monument destruction. I just love it. it. I really enjoy the works of Roland Emmerich. <laughs> hey, I like it. I like both the Godzilla movies, the new ones, so I can't really say anything. It's more just the problem with that film is it takes everything that was great about the first one and just and just jettisons it. It just gets rid of it and just brings in this this kind of cleaned up new almost like Apple-esque environment where everything it's always sunny. Like this one thing about the first one, it's always raining. It's always dark. It's yeah. always desolate. And this one, everything's like, hey, let's go. Thumbs up. You know, and it's just. Yeah. I don't know. I just dug it. I don't know. <laughs> it's really well, next terrible. time on the Pacific Rim Hour. <laughs> I have so much more like excitement about Pacific Rim Uprising than <laughs> yoga hosers. Oh. Oh, I was optimistic, though. I know I had absolutely no reason to be, but I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm just going to like it. And I really tried to be open-minded. Sure, you were a young girl once. Now you're just a mm-hmm. young woman. Mm-hmm. Just. Now you are a young woman, so maybe you could identify <laughs> with the Colleens much more so than I could. So you had a real opportunity here. I know yeah. you'd love to knock around some little bratsies with a hockey stick. Sure. Yoga sure. them up and out of existence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do yoga, can you do, is yoga a martial art where it can be offensive? Like an offensive act, uh, violent no. thing? <laughs> not at all. Warrior one, warrior two, warrior three, they are not going to get you anywhere. Especially right. not if you do them at the speed with which you are intended to do them. It's very slow. Yeah, I've done it three or four times. So I was trying to figure out the way. I mean, it's just not a wax on, wax off thing where you're training yourself for combat while you're doing that. Yeah, no, it is. It's really just centering yourself. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess I'm but not. But they were also like very tiny sausages, so that's true. Well, they were half baked or underbaked or whatever he yeah. says. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just can't. Oh boy. Five million dollars to make this movie. Five million dollars. Is that American or Canadian? I don't know if that helps. <laughs> uh, uh. So what's up next, boss? Oh, uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I haven't. I actually saw this in the theater. Did you? And did you spend the the big bucks to see it in the special event? No, I did not. I did not either. <laughs> I actually intended to. I wanted to, I, but I couldn't, I thought about I couldn't it. do it. Yeah. I was like, no, I can't. I can't justify that to myself. I think I just watched it on On Demand. So I have seen it once. Okay. I have a lot of thoughts. 
but I'm looking forward to watching it again. I think, yeah, I believe generally some of the reviews of it were actually relatively positive. So here's my my prediction is I think I'm going to like it better than Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back because that one really... Because it's, it's the same kind of vibe as that movie, right? But that one in rewatch really didn't hold up for me. And I think this one... I mean, I only watched it like a year ago. So I feel like I'm going to be pretty safe with it. So I think I'm going to like it better than Strike Back. Wow. I don't know if I would say that. Though granted, That's, I like Clerks 2 a lot saying. and you didn't like that one at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, d- well just to revisit our rankings, I gave Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back a 3. You gave it a 3.5. Okay. So... Basically, I'm saying I'm going to give it a 3.5 next week. Right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm going to. But we'll see if I agree with myself. But I remember not hating it. And I remember being annoyed by some parts. So um, anything's got to be better than Yoga Hosers. Yeah, I remember walking out of that film thinking, you know, you really can't go home again. It's the problem. Oh. It'd been too long. Oh. And it was fun to see everybody again. Yeah. It was slightly sad. That's kind of how it felt after I walked out of that. But uh, I hope I'm wrong. I'd like to be pleasantly surprised by this rewatch. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it, which may be dangerous. But I am gonna, I am doing that. I'd recommend lowering your expectations, but you do you. Well, I'm always <laughs> cautiously pessimistic. So that's why it's very hard to get disappointed. Yeah. That's safe. That's very safe. That's a good idea. A. I'm just looking at like all of our ratings and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, it looks like I fell off a cliff after Jersey Girl. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm okay anymore. Like it's just, we'll see what happens. I'm pulling for you. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that'll be on our next episode. In the meantime, you can find Screen Run anywhere podcasts are found. Please give us a rating, uh, a review, tell a friend. You can follow me on Twitter at the Lady Wan, that's W-A-N, and Chris is at CG Scalzo. And you can check out screenrun.fun for all the information on the show. <laughs> hey, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So the reboot, and then we're we're closing in. We gotta we gotta collect ourselves after the reboot. That's true. Reflect on our experience. We should do some type of wrap-up show. Yes. Run through the, all of them. We can rank them. We can do the closing segment there. We'll talk about the performance gag reference. Go through the whole OVRA and then the pick the, the finals for everything. The whole thing. I'll be in a better mood for that because there'll be so many highs and I'll just ignore the lows. <laughs> well, the View Askew Awards. The Smithy, Smithies. Who knows? We'll come up with something. I kind of like Smithies. There you are. <laughs> I think it sounds fun. All right, folks. Well, yeah. as, the, as the man <laughs> says, have yourself a week. <laughs> Bye.
This is the letter that he included on his page at Gumtree. You can read it, gumtree.com. Search Lodger Required PM Brighton. Okay. This might sound too good to be true. Hello. I am looking for a lodger in my house. I have had a long and interesting life and have now chosen Brighton as a location for my retirement. Among the many things I have done in my life is to spend three years alone on St. Lawrence Island. In Canada? These were perhaps the most intense and fascinating years of my life, and I was kept in companionship with a walrus whom I named Gregory. (laughs) (laughs) It's getting good, right? You're like, oh, I wonder where this is going. Never, never have I had such a fulfilling friendship with anyone, human or otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) And upon leaving the island, I was heartbroken for months. I now find myself in a large house overlooking Queen's Park and am keen to get a lodger. This is a position I am prepared to offer for free, no rent payable, on the fulfillment of some conditions. I have, over the last few months, been constructing a realistic walrus costume. (laughs) 